Ministries. Okay, I wanted to make sure I, I let you know that. But would you give a warm welcome for Daniel Rodriguez? Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Doing good? Let's stand up, please. And let's declare God is love. God is love. Get excited. God is love. Oh, my gosh. Isn't he love? The Bible says God is love. Say God is love. And there's a reason why I'm having you say it, because God is love. God is not just an emotion. Love, sorry, love is not just an emotion. Love is a person. Love is a person. God is love. There's a connective tissue that's the word is, and it's describing his attributes. God is love. God is love. Now, the reason I'm having you do that, because I want you to really get set in your spirit who God is and what God is. So love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not keep any record of wrongdoing. That's why we're born again, because when you're born again, you don't have a past anymore. That's why God doesn't remember your sin anymore. Right? So, we're so that's what we're going to be talking about. God is love. And where your treasure is there, will what? Your heartbeat also. Okay, you may have a seat. Hey, are we ready? Okay, my name is Daniel Rodriguez. I live in El Paso, Texas. Flew in the night before yesterday. And um, I looked online to see what the weather was going to be like, and it's the same. It's hot. <laughs> but anyway, I'm really glad to be here. I'm excited to be here. I'm very happy. Thank you for Pastor Richard to invite me and, and share the podium. What an honor, and I mean that. What a blessing it is. I've been doing this for 30 years. I've been ministering Jehovah's Witness for 30 years, and my record in getting them out is 100%. It really is. It's very simple to do. The problem is, is that when they get out, that's where your real work starts because they suffer through PTSD. What's PTSD? Post-traumatic stress disorder. When you leave something you hold on to and your love becomes homeless, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Right? So people who are involved in cults, that's the world they live in. They live in a world of a relationship with God that is based upon guilt and fear. Say guilt and fear. You know what guilt is like? It's like walking around with a rock in your shoe. It always reminds you, I'm here. It's always there to remind you, I'm here and I'm not going to let you go until you take off that shoe and decide to get rid of it. So when we're studying, when we're going to be looking at this, it's also a chance to look at our own lives because you can't give people what you don't have, right? Because remember, God is what? And love is patient, and love is? When you talk to these people, that's the first thing you have to give them because they're conditioned and trained in their kingdom halls that to, to argue with you. And you're going to argue, and you're going to argue, and argue, and the first thing they're going to do is pull out the Bible, right? But this is how they read the watchtower, or this is how they read the Bible. I'm going to say this once, and I want this to be branded in your mind. Do not discuss scriptures with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Don't do it. Say, I will not do it. And the reason why, because this is what you're talking to. You talk to this, you're talking to a very powerful organization who has very powerful mind control techniques at their disposal. And we're going to talk about that um, in a few minutes. Now, as Pastor said, the CD is going to be up there for you to get. Please get it so you can be caught up in what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to go through it really briefly. Ignore the part where it says coffee break because I don't want to be here. <laughs> okay? So are we ready, are we ready to go? Okay, let's go. Before we get going, we have two books um, out there. The book table, Winning the Witnesses, was released in 2007. This is for seven. And the Watchtower's Coming Crisis, which is $6. And um, this is released, I believe, two years later. If you're interested about the doctrine of the 144,000 and how it works, this is the book for you. This right here is a foundation, 144,000 for the, existence of the Watchtower to exist as a movement. Also, we have brochures for you to take. Please take as many as you can. 
of these to hand them out. We want to go ahead and you know, get the word out about, about the ministry. I do have a website that is in the process of being built right now. You can access it, and it's called DanielMinistries.com. So DanielRodriguezMinistries.com. So, okay, let's go. Cults. We have about 3,000 in the United States. Did you know that? 3,000 and counting. People are looking. People are not being fulfilled. They're not being validated. And wherever there's a hole in your heart, someone else will fill it for you. Wherever you don't have a plan in your life, someone else will give you their plan. Oops. No? Which way? Oh, this way. Oh, my goodness. That's why. No? I had it yesterday. I need a, another crash course. Yeah. <laughs> Is Martine here, Dad? Martine? Mm -hmm. Okay. In the human brain, we have two emotions. One is called love and one is called fear. They're in chemical form deep inside our brain. Whichever has the strongest pull wins. So the first thing that cults are going to do is destroy your love. What's there in love? We have security and we have a relationship. There we go. I think we're going now. This is, how many remember Jim Jones? People's Temple? I was in junior, I'm sorry, I was in high school when this happened, but 900 and some people died under this man's direction. And you know what? They were happy to do it. One of the survivors who slept through the whole ordeal, when she woke up, she went into severe depression because she did not partake of the Kool-Aid. I will do all the miracles you said your God would never do, uh, would do and never did. I shall heal you of the diseases, provide the cures, and pray that, and that you pray for that never happened. So what do they do? They go after people whose hearts have been, they're, they're, they're disillusioned with God. They're, they prayed something never happened. And again, we're gonna, you can go ahead and get these at the... Uh, um, at, the, at the, uh, the CDs that they have available. And what happens, at our, it opens to people like this. Now, how powerful is love? It's the most powerful weapon on planet Earth. And love makes, makes, works many different ways. A whole nation fell in love with this man. And as a result, 50 million people in World War II passed and were killed. Then people like Jim Jones. Did you know he declared himself to be God? And how many people believed him? 909. David Koresh, very, very strong religious background. Very, very strong. His uh, Branch Davidians came out in 1911, and he, uh, the Branch Davidians sprang, sprung from there. They were a, they were a splinter faction for the Seventh-day Adventists. Shoko Asahara in Japan. This man was able to, he wanted to start World War III with, the, with Japan again, with the United States, and then he wanted it well. And, of course, with all these people, the only ones who are going to survive is their particular group. He influenced the, the elite of Japanese society. Students, doctors, lawyers, high government officials. And guess what? He's blind. So it's not about what you could see. It's about the ability of people, people to get control. This guy, very strong Presbyterian background. But what his thing was, he liked to go ahead and combine Christianity, um, uh, the occult, uh, UFO, and then also conspiracy theories. You put all those together and, and form one belief structure, and you have people like him. By the way, this group still exists, even after he was gone. She passed away in 2009 of, uh, of dementia, um, Alzheimer's. 
But uh, at one point in American history, you may not know this, but she was one of the most dangerous people in the United States who, could, who was ready to declare war against the U.S. government. They were on the, on the uh, verge of, of amassing serious, serious weapons, um, occupying about 11,000 acres in the state of Montana and ready to declare war and start a war against the United States. We're talking AKs, AR-15s, the big 50 caliber BMG machine guns, everything, and they had it all ready to go. By the way, for her, you know how they greeted her? What was Adolf Hitler? For her, it was this. They would cup their hands and it was all hail uh, Ma, or Guru Ma, because she was her mother. His thing was this. I remember Warren Jeffs. His thing was grabbing a woman by the hair, pulling it as tight as it can, till it would drive him to the knees, and he would always say, stay sweet before the Lord. And that was a, that was a compliance method. This is what we have today. When things go unchecked, regardless, it has nothing to do with politics, it has to do with behavior. It has to do with uh, mind control, and we're going to get how that works. That's how things like this start. This is the latest we have today going on. Again, you could get the CD on this. <clears throat> Who are susceptible to cults? Everybody. Everybody. Say everybody. 70% of Jehovah's Witnesses are former Christians. Did you know that? If I go to a kingdom hall, which I've been to a lot of kingdom halls in 30 years, and if I hear, if, if, where they come to my door, when I talk to them, ask them what they were, I run into Jehovah's Witnesses who are former Foursquare, Nazarene, Assembly of God, Baptist, Catholic, etc., 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 etc. But if I come here and I say, how many ex-Jehovah's Witnesses do we have in this congregation? Stand up. Look around you. We have any ex-Jehovah's Witnesses in here? See, this is typical of every church I've visited in the last 30 years. Less than 1% will stand up and say, I'm an ex-Jehovah's Witness. Is there a problem? Right? Who are susceptible to cults? Teachers, doctors, lawyers, pastors, you name it. Every walk of life are susceptible to every major cult you can think of. And you know how it starts? I become your friend, sir. Hi, how are you doing? My goodness. And what do you do? Oh, you do? You like the San Diego Chargers? Do you? No? I'll say, well, let's say you do. Oh, my gosh, we have something in common. We talk about the history. We do this, we do this, we, and we just become friends. And, yeah, I do this, and, and then I start sharing you little things that I believe, but I don't start all at once. And you know what I'm doing? I'm love-bombing him. I love-bomb him, love-bomb him. And he says, oh, my. So what happens? The defense measures come down, because if I throw everything at him, what I believe, he's going to say, you know what? You need to go away, brother. But little by little, because you know what? Remember, the Bible says love is what? Patient. And I love this guy. And you know what? Cults are very, very, very patient. If it takes me a year, two years, I will get to him. Two main uh, components of mind control, guilt. It's a reminder of the past. Memories of the pre-cult self are consistent with a cult image. There are two identities that cult people have. One of what we call the authentic identity, and the other one's called the cult self. Whenever you're talking to somebody, when you're talking to Jehovah's Witnesses, you're not talking to the pre-cult identity. You're talking to this. This is what you are talking to. That's why we need to describe scripture to them. You're talking to a, an interpretation of scripture, not to what the individual is believed that he thinks for himself. Someone else is doing the thinking for him. <clears throat> so guilt and fear are used in tandem to work together, and they worked, unfortunately, perfectly. Don't we use it against ourselves sometimes? Oh, Lord, I'm not worthy. Yes, you are worthy. Because you know what? We are what we think. Say we are what we think. 
And this is what, cult, what, this is what cults do. They use guilt and fear. puts people in the checkmate. Cults look to the past and fear looks to the future. And that's what we have. That's what we, when Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. So we put our trust in God because tomorrow hasn't happened, but we don't worry. But these people, they will look for a reason to make you worry about tomorrow. There could be war. There could be famine. There could be this. There could be the collapse of the dollar. Blah, 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 blah. People start, but you know what? The only way you can achieve peace is by joining us. And pretty soon that becomes a message. This little word has the ability to transform nations. If you do this, if sets parameters and goals, if I catch you using this word in an argument, <laughs> this is a very powerful little word. It makes all the difference. And so does this. You should do this. It places demands on yourself and on others. Cults love these two words. The bite model, the control of behavior, information, thoughts, and emotions. Say bite. Okay, control of behavior. Real quick, in a nutshell, it means who you can associate with, who you cannot associate with. Information, what you can read and what you cannot read. Jehovah's Witnesses read a thousand pages of this, literally, to one page of this. Who do you think they're going to believe? Thoughts. In, in, the, in part of the bi-model, the thoughts is this, is that they, they have to um, fight and avoid independent thinking. All cults do that. Emotion, guilt and fear. Now, how do these all work together? They work in tandem. Once they find a chink in your armor, they start going for either behavior, information, thoughts, or emotion. Once they find that out, you know what happens to your mind inside and your heart? You get this internal turmoil. How many of us like internal turmoil? No, we want peace. So to achieve peace, one of those components is going to work. And it becomes a domino effect. When one follow, what happens is that when one goes, the other soon follow, the individual is swept away, and they're gone. Ignore the copy break. Okay, here we go. Watch Star Bible and Track Society. That's the president and founder, Charles Taze Russell. He died in Halloween, 1916. Very prolific writer, Joseph Franklin Rutherford. Who the Watchtower is today is because of this man. He died in 1942. And this man is the one, is the reason why you see your Jehovah's Witnesses knocking door to door. And he's the one that gave him the name Jehovah's Witnesses in 1935. Very, again, prolific writer. They're based out of Brooklyn, New York. They're a very powerful organization. They are in 233 countries. And depending on what country you're looking at, they grow about 7 to 8% per year. I do have a photo that a friend of mine took in Russia and in St. Petersburg where he witnessed personally, took the photo, gave it to me, 70,000 people being baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit-directed organization to become one of Jehovah's Witnesses. And I do have that photo at home. What happens when you argue with somebody? You get frustrated. I don't care if it's politics, if it's faith, whatever it is. If, if there's a... A disagreement, people get frustrated, and you know what happens? This is why. Now, and whether it's politics or faith, you're never going to see this on TV, I promise you. And how many of you watch, like, let's say, Fox or CNN, and you hear all these pundits, and they go in circles and circles and circles, and you're looking back, and you say, man, how could you be so stupid? Or how could you be so dumb? You know, things like, you know what I mean? And this is why. Because with a man with a conviction, is a hard man to change. Tell him he disagrees, and he turns away. Show him facts or figures and he questions your sources. Appeal to logic and he sails to see your point. So see this checkmate thing? You can't go anywhere. So there's a way to overcome this. We're going to talk about that real quickly. This is what I wanted to get to. All us humans have a complex root system in what we believe. It defines our nature, defines our character, defines who we are. And that root system is based upon family. It's based upon your church. 
It's based upon where you work, your friends, etc., etc. And it goes everywhere. You have tentacles everywhere, right? And all of these things contribute into your well-being. It contributes into how you think, how you live, etc. But what happens when one of those components starts giving away, look what happens. The street starts to die. When I talk with Jehovah's Witnesses, I can argue with them all I want to. I can talk about the Trinity. I can talk about 144,000. But you know what's going to happen? Even if I win the argument, what's going to happen with the tree? It's going to grow back. So the only way for, to get rid of that tree is to compromise the source of authority that feeds that tree and gives it life. So here's the source of authority. They deny the Trinity, the deity of Christ, and of course you can see the list on there. So here's the point. The, the erroneous teaching or the belief system is not the issue. What is the issue? The source of authority that feeds them, that their tree or their life, their, their belief structure, hinges upon. Let me give you a quick example. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Watch. Jehovah God is believed to be, believed to be the God of the watchtower. Not you. Okay? So, what have they done with the first person of the Trinity of the Father? He does not exist for you. He exists for, he exists for these people. Okay? So, the first person of the Trinity is gone. The second part of the Trinity is the Son, who is the who? The Savior. Over here, they said, come to Jehovah's organization for salvation. Who gives salvation? Not Jesus. They do. In 1919, they got rid of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit where Jesus says, I'm going to send you the comforter. Remember? He's going to teach you. He's going to comfort you. They got rid of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit in 1919 and replaced it with who? The watchtower. So... What is it about? Is it about doctrine or is it about control? It's about control. It is not about doctrine. So when I read the Bible, if I was one of Jehovah's Witnesses, this is how I'm reading it. Remember what I said? A thousand pages to one. This is not the source of final authority as it is for you and me. This is the source of final authority. In fact, one time the Watchtower said, if you read the Bible without these, you will be led into spiritual darkness. Okay, language. Um, there was a brother here. Does he speak Japanese? Where is he? The, the Asian brother was up here? Oh, he's Korean. Okay. Hana tul set net tazat. Where is he at? here? Okay. Language is not just what we speak, whether it's French, German, Italian. Language is a set of beliefs. Okay? It's a set of principles. And language unifies people. For instance, um, when I was in the military, when I was in the army, I was stationed in Korea. I was a fish out of water. I don't speak Korean. I learned a little bit, and I certainly don't read Hangul, their language. So there's no unity for me to have with the people, right? So in the Tower of Babel, they spoke one common language. It's a set of principles, ideals, beliefs. And they said, okay, now we're going to give ourselves a name. What happens when you do that? When you develop a one-thought society, God is no longer needed. Like the term political correctness. Where does that come from? You'll never hear this in the news. 1933, Soviet Russia. Communism. And that, that thing is designed to bring you a one-thought society. And if you do not go along with a one-thought society, you're called a what? H-A-T-E-R. So that word has been redefined. The, word, the reason why words are redefined because it reshapes your thinking, it reshapes your values, and you develop a one-thought society. That's what happened over here. Creates a one-thought society. But look what happened. Remember we said God is what? So love came down. He dismantled their unity. 
scattered in the wind. He dismantled their purpose. Now, the Watchtower uses this term, pure language. Everything about them is the pure language. So, what it, so, and in 1935, I'm sorry, 1931, they were given the name Jehovah's Witnesses. So you see, we have a similarity between them and the Watchtower Society. How much time do I have? Okay, I'll go as fast as I can. Of course, every language has rules, and these are the rules. And I, I, okay, pastors, I, you can make available the, uh, this slide presentation for the, whoever wants it. Yeah. So if, ever you, if you want the slide presentation, just go ahead and ask pastor, and you'll be sure to get it. So what happens? The ability to think for yourself is now gone. Someone else is doing the thinking for you. That's why when you talk with people such as the Jehovah's Witnesses, you're going in a circle because you're talking to an organizational mind. You're talking to the pure language. You're talking with someone who's been unified with ideas that are not theirs, but they've adopted and reshaped their values. And this is what happens. You get a locked mind. Here's the beautiful part about a lock. To every lock, there is a what? And today, really quickly, we're going to talk about how to do this. Because once I unlock this $18 lock, <laughs> this is what our job is. What is the value of this lock now? It has no value because the security is gone. When I unlock a locked mind, their security is no longer there. And you know what you do with a key? You get rid of it. Because that's the source of authority that we want to get after, right? Remember I said there's two identities. When you talk to these people, you're talking to the cult identity. We're after the authentic self. That's what we're after, the person that they were born to be. Oops, I think I just turned it off, didn't I? Okay, here we go. If you have not read this book, please read, uh, please read Six Hours One Day by Max Lucado. Excellent, excellent book. He says this, we are masters of the masquerade, and with time, the real self is forgotten. They use the term, we are one of Jehovah's Witnesses. That means they are separate from society. And they've adopted a new mentality, a new ideal. And what happens? In order to be part of this group, you exercise compliance and obedience every day. And the stronger, what happens when you lift weights? The stronger you get. So this is another barrier you're facing when you talk to them. Pretty soon the organization does the thinking for their followers. Okay, when you talk to these people, everybody, there's a, there's a propensity, there's a thing that, okay, everybody sends what they believe. You're going to argue with them. But what happens? You stand firmer in your convictions what you believe, and so do they. It strengthens your commitment to your ideals, to what you believe in. So guess what? A new witnessing approach is necessary. Now, here's where it gets fun. The Watchtower Society admits it is not inspired by God. In other words, God did not tell them what to write. You know what that means? They have no authority. They have nothing to back themselves, to back themselves with for authority. And it also means that they're making it up as they go along. Right? Okay. So if it's not inspired by God, if it's not inspired by love, what is left in the human brain? Fear. Because where love is absent, abuse is inevitable. I'm giving that credit to Dr. Miles Monroe, a very, very wonderful author. How many of you are familiar with Miles Monroe? Excellent, excellent. My favorite author. So what happens? Guilt develops a personal relationship with God and instill fear. Fear renders people powerless and limits free choices, and it opens the door of manipulative control. So who controls this mechanism? The governing body. It's a group of 12 men in, or in, in Oregon, <laughs> in uh, New York City, and they're the ones that run the whole show. 
and it creates captives of a concept. So what's your message? Where do you go from here? This is where we're going to go. <clears throat> Say God is love. Everybody sees God differently. Okay, now we're going to pick up something new today. Everybody sees God differently. Adolf Hitler saw God in a certain way, and he took his nation to war. That was his relationship, if you will, with God. Aum Shinriko, he had a relationship with what he understood to be God, and look where it took him. So I can name all these people, and they had their relationship. Let's, let's, let's look at it this way. Let's look at the Old Testament. The Old Testament, you're going to see the children of Israel on one side, and over here you're going to see the Egyptians. Everybody had a relationship with God as they understood him because they had a relationship with who? L-O-V-E. So during the plague of, the dark, of light and darkness, the Egyptians experienced God with their relationship. They saw love as darkness. The Israelis over here, on the other hand, they had a relationship with Jehovah, and they experienced him as light. Okay? So for the Watchtower Society, they do have an, an, encounter, or an experience with God too, but through the lenses of fear. Why? Because they don't have a relate. That's how they experience him. Once you take away the doctrine of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, you don't have an experience with love. What's, if you don't have an experience of love, what's left in the mind? Fear. Okay, let's go to the New Testament. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Some people said, oh, we heard a voice of an angel. Others said, well, we just heard thunder. Those who did not have a relationship with Jehovah, they heard God's voice and they understood it to be what? Thunder. Others had a relationship with God and says, man, we heard a voice of an angel. So depending on what your concept of God is, that's what you're going to hear. Okay? With these people, they have a relationship with God, but it's based upon guilt and fear. Let me show you a couple thoughts about guilt. Remember, wherever your heart is, there will your treasure be also, right? The Bible says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Why? I think because of this, and there's a lot of interpretations but I think one of them can be this, because other gods reshape your values. Okay? They judge your values. And let me tell you something about other gods. They are demanding, 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 and it takes all your time. You develop a relationship with these things, and what happens? You live in a world of guilt and fear, because if you leave me, guess what's going to happen to you? The watchtower does the same thing. Man, don't leave us. Remember what you were before? You were living in the streets. If it wasn't for us... Where would you be? You're dressed up. You go to door knocking. We take care of you. We've been doing this. And you're going to throw all that away. And you're going to go back to that? Come on. I was there for you, man. Don't you remember what I did for you? And then I start crying. Don't leave us, man. We need you. That's ugly, huh? Don't we do the same thing in toxic relationships? Fear. Man, remember the Smith family? What happens when they left? They got in a really bad car accident, and their daughter is paralyzed from the next time. Mom and dad got killed. And if you leave the safety net of the Jehovah's organizations, man, what if that happens to you too? Don't leave us. So now what happens? You're like going down I-15. You have these lanes that tell you which way to go, which way you can't go. And so you're going down here, and you have guilt and fear guiding and making the decisions for you. And that's what cults do. Guilt, it causes us to hide. Look at Adam. Love made man in God's image. So we're made in the image of what? We're made in the image of God. We're made in the image of love. Say, I am made in the image of love. I am made in the image of love. So what happens? Adam sins, and, it, and he says, oh, 
he, he, he hears the voice of God in the, in, out there in the, in the garden, and he says, I hid myself because I was afraid. Well, who told you you were afraid? Have you eaten of the fruit I told you not to eat of? So what happens? There's two things. Fear causes us to hide, and so does guilt. So I submit to you this. Cults, they, you want to talk to them about the gospel, and what's the first thing to do? Because guilt hides, and so does fear. They don't want to hear your message because they live in that world of control. So love is an, is an, is an emotion that causes us to peop, to, for people to pull together. Fear and anger is what I will push against you so I don't have a relationship with you. So how can I overcome that? This is the questions I like to ask. I'll ask questions like this. Is it possible to leave your group and be fulfilled and happy? Is it possible if you leave your group, not only to be fulfilled and happy, but if they never existed, what would your life be like now? Would you find fulfillment and happiness? Because see, the point is this. God is love, and everywhere I go, I'm going to be checkmated by love. In the watchtower, if you leave that, you can be judged into Armageddon and be annihilated. So you see what I'm doing? Everywhere I go, I'm going to give the message of God's up, and then I'll go ahead and ask him this. I'm glad you're here. You're having you given me this message, but you know what I have never heard from you? You have never given me the message of who of who God is and who and who who and what God is. Tell me about God. And guess what their approach is going to be? Jehovah, 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 Jehovah. And that's fine. Okay, I know his name is Jehovah. But the Bible says God is love. Tell me about love. They are unable to. And the reason why? Because they do not have love working in their hearts and minds. What do they have working in there? And what does fear do? It drives you away from having a relationship with God. Doesn't it? Isn't that what happened to Adam? Isn't that what we do? When, or criminals? They run because they're hiding. They've done something. Now, people experience guilt in different ways. I can feel guilty for something that I did, I, whatever it may be. But you know what? Other people have guilt feelings too. Guilt is a weird thing. It's like this tree that has these weird tentacles. I can feel guilty for not selling. I now meet my, my quota for dope, selling dope today. <laughs> I can feel, uh, feel guilt for not sleeping with enough women today. And people feel generally guilty about stuff like that. Or I can feel guilty about not reading my Bible today. You see what I'm saying? So people live and are controlled by these things. So that's why when I, when I talk about God's love with the Jehovah's Witnesses, I'm giving them something they don't have the ability. They say, I need to know how come you can't talk to me about that. Because if you don't talk about that, you know, then what else can you talk to me about? The only thing that really matters is God is love. John 3.16. Right? What does John 3.16 say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Okay? So because of the ability to talk about God's love, your, your thing is not to prove a point. Look it. Everybody who leaves here, we're going to go down the highway, you're going to go home, or you're going to go have lunch, do whatever you do, and you're going in a car that has four tires. And you get there, you don't even think about it. But what happens when one tire becomes flattened? Your whole ride becomes uncomfortable. That's all you have to do. Just flatten one tire and the whole ride becomes uncomfortable. You want to emphasize God's love. Okay, everybody after church today, is going to get a bag of seeds, and we're going to go out to the parking lot, and we're going to throw it on the asphalt. Come on. It's going to grow, right? Then what makes you think that if you're going to talk to them about Jesus, your seed is going to grow? 
there are two, there's a, there are two principles you have to think about. First of all, you have to bind the strong man. Okay? The second principle is you have to till that ground first. You have to till it, till it, till it, till it. Okay, remember the Bible says love is patient. When you're talking with them, be very, very patient. Be gracious. Take the magazine. They're going to put your name on a territory card, which means they're going to come back. They come back. You just ask them questions. Say, hey, how are you doing? And guess what? You're going to do the same thing to them, but in reverse. You're going to love bomb them. Because you know what? Because God, God really does love them. Doesn't he? Isn't John 3.16 the truth? So you're going to do the very same thing, but in reverse. So instead of pitching fear, you're going to pitch love. And you're going to do the same thing in reverse. You're going to say what I just mentioned. What, if, is it possible to leave your, your, your group and be fulfilled and happy? If your group did not exist, what would your life be like now? Would you still be able to find love? You see what I'm doing? And, and, and in their minds, they're not allowed to think independently. But guess what? These little things have seeds in there. What, what can a mustard seed do? That's all you need to do. Your job, listen very carefully. It takes me on the average four to five months to get a Jehovah's Witness out because I'm very, very patient. You don't want to do it right then and there because you know what's going to happen? You're going to see that strength come up. We're going to argue. We're going to fight. You're not going to get anywhere. So you have to be very, very patient. So you want to ask some thought-provoking questions about love. You know what? Ask the Holy Spirit to show you, to teach you what to say to these people. Become friends with them in the sense that you want to know who they are or their background. Sir, how are you doing today? And, and what's your name? Roy, I'm Daniel. Pleased to meet you. Are you from here? Where are you from, sir? New Orleans. New Orleans. My sister's been there twice, and she said the food there is fabulous. She's been there business, and wow. I'm, from, I'm originally from Colorado. I was born in La Hanta. I lived in Denver. I grew up in L.A. I live in Texas. I live in seven states. I gave 10 years, four months, and 22 days in the United States Army. I really did. So see what we're doing. We're talking. We're having a communication, and hey, maybe next time, let's, you know, let's have lunch. Let's have dinner. We start talking. We talk about sports, which is my passion. We talk about music. Let's talk about food. Let's talk about the music of, because uh, I, I started music. I studied orchestral composition, and I was a former, former concert pianist. So, you know, we, you know, so we're having these conversations. Maybe he likes jazz. I love jazz. I was a jazz minor in school. So we're talking about these things, and we're looking for things in common, and guess what? We're in really, in, our friendship is starting to blossom because the cults do the same thing to us. But with him, I'm doing because I want to have a genuine relationship. So do they. And once I do this, I say, well, you know, yeah, do um, you go to church? Well, no, I, I do that. So, Ben, I go to church, and I love it. And it's not that they make me happy. I found a measure of fulfillment that I don't, if I do something wrong, they're not going to judge me. They're not going to condemn me. And you know what? If I were to ever leave that group, I would still be happy because it's not the group I'm in. It's the relationship I have with love. But with them, what happens if you leave your group? What's going to happen? Oh, boy. Well, then that's not love, is it? Because love is eternal. Say, love is eternal. You see what I'm doing? I'm doing the same thing, but I'm reversing the process. And it's going to take me three or four months to win this man to Christ. Be patient. Be, and if they leave and they don't come back, that's okay. If they start getting a little edgy, you're, you're, and because see, this is what we're going to do. You want to avoid the cult identity. You're after the authentic identity. Quick story. I met a lady who was in the witnesses all her life from day one. Her only point of reference was what? The watchtower. So we start talking, start talking. She tells me, talking about, uh, about her grandma. I'm asking, are you close to the family? Oh, yeah, my grandma. So she's telling me. And her, her personality just changed instantly. So I thought, oh, she's accenting her. She's, she's um, 
assessing or accessing her, her authentic identity when she was born. That's what I'm after. And I says, wow, that's really cool. So you were close to your grandma. Yeah, she goes, yeah. So, so what brought you close together? She said, well, I love music, and I played the trombone. I said, you're kidding, trombone, really? I said, I played in a high school band, and I don't remember seeing girls play trombone. She said, well, I did. And I'd play for my grandma, and she's going on and on, and I'm thinking, boy, this girl's lost. She is no longer this. She's a granddaughter. She's someone who is very close to their grandma. And I said, so she's going on and telling me, I said, gosh, you know what? You're going to make me cry because I was close with my grandfather, my mother's father. And I, and I said, when I lost him, I was really sad because he was my friend. I would take him, go help him in the yard. I would do this and do this and do this. And you know what? I really miss it. It was just such a beautiful relationship. He made me feel so good about myself. And I said, I'm sure she did the same thing with you. She says, yeah, she really did. So, so how is she doing? She said, when she's, she put her head down, she says, well, she, she passed away. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I said, so you're really close. She says, she meant everything to me. I said, you know what? When you came here, you had a message for me. And I said, but when you started talking about your grandma, your face lit up. You looked so beautiful. There was this light. It was just relate. I could see this love emanating from you. Do you have that same experience with this? That same exact experience from an organization who has never heard from God. Two weeks later, she got out. She was in for 28 years. Now, um, yesterday we had a, a friend of mine, Martine, who was in the Jehovah's Witness for 27 years. I got him out in about four months. He was here yesterday. He will tell you that never once did I do this. Because this is not the issue. Fear and guilt is the issue. I've got to get rid of this to get to this. And then when they get out, that's when your world work starts because they have PTSD. You've got to love them, embrace them, do things with them, give them something to do, have them find a hobby. Right? And it's not how, it's, it, what you're doing is just redirecting their thinking. You've got to redirect their thinking into love and to be accepted, to be forgiven, to being born again. Because when you're born again, you don't have a past. None of that matters anymore because it doesn't exist. What do you think? Pretty cool, huh? Okay, remember, we have the books back there, and, of course, we have the CD for yesterday's meeting. And I strongly encourage you to please, because, see, the more you learn about cults and see how they work, you have an understanding of what mechanisms are against you. But at the same time, you'll also be given tools to how to go ahead and contact or, or uh, push away those mechanisms. Once, that op once you get rid of those mechanisms, boom, 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 then you start planting seeds like crazy. And guess what? It's real cool because when they get out, when I was, when I was a full-time pastor in Portland, Oregon, I got a witness out. She was in Watchtower like, oh, I don't remember, three to seven years, which those people are really hardcore because they're still what we call the honeymoon phase. I can get a 20, 30, 40-year witness out, no problem. Easy. But the, the two, three, four, five, six, seven-year-old JWs, they're really committed. Hardcore, hardcore, special forces, everything. I'm serious. Well, what happened? I get this lady out, and I had the privilege and the blessing to physically baptize her in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I don't know who cried more, she or me. But, you know, but those are things that you would look forward to. That's your goal. Because God is not willing that any man should perish, but that what? All should come to repentance. Amen? Amen. Pastor? Gonna hide your key. Where's my key? Ah, oh, 
could the ushers come forward? We want to take a love offering for our brother and his ministry. Um, wow. Um, <clears throat> Amen. Father, thank you for your grace, your mercy. I thank you that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And uh, Lord, we just give to you now. Uh, take it, uh, multiply it um, as you multiply this brother's ministry, not just here, uh, but in, throughout the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and pass that again. If you want to write a check, make it out to Daniel Rodriguez Ministry. And Rodriguez is with a Z, not an S, in case you're wondering like I always do. Um, what, a, uh, what a different way to look at the person who comes and knocks on your door, um, you know, who is a, trying to persuade you to join the organization, um, to recognize the, the need to love on them and not just win an argument. Just a quick show of hands. How many of you, how many of you have won the arguments with them and felt pretty good about it? Yeah, a couple. How many have won arguments and haven't felt good about it? <laughs> I know I have. I've won arguments and thought, you know what? I don't think that was right. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy, because they walk away shaking their head going, boy, is that guy lost. And I walk away shaking my head going, boy, is that guy lost. And like, you know, wow. Thank you, brother. Thank you for sharing with us your heart. And um, anyway, th um, there are books and things in the back uh, if you'd like to grab some of those. And um uh, Daniel, if you make your way back there, brother, just so you don't get mobbed up front. <laughs> if you guys would like to have some time with him as well, he's available. So anyway, uh, I'm just still processing all of this. And uh, wow, I, boof. Anyway, have a great week. And Jesus will see you this week at a light group or we'll see you uh, Wednesday night. There's probably something else I'm, for, I'm forgetting. Be blessed. If you guys need prayer, we love to pray for you and pray with you. Please come on up and receive it in Jesus' name.